0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program.
1: This is The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, The Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck.
2: Hey, we're back with you for the buzz. That's more of the pet buzz. Each week, we're always bringing you the best in pet talk radio. And before we get on with the show, I want to give a shout out to our listeners in Ohio. You know, I stopped by Cincinnati and Columbus this week on my Halloween tour, (laughs) and I really have Ohio on my mind. So I want to thank the listeners as well as the staff at W.I.N.T., A.M. That's thirteen thirty and W-I-N-T-F-M FM at one oh one point five, and that's in Cleveland, Willoughby,
3: and WJER AM fourteen fifty and WJER one hundred point nine, Dover, New Philadelphia. Thank you, thank you for listening to the Pet Buzz.
2: You know, it's we've got so many great fans out there, and we're so happy and. We just want to let you know that we're thinking of you. We're here to help them. Correct? Absolutely. Okay. So I got to talk about this situation because okay. it's been bothering me. Okay. So a f- couple doc uh, that I read about on social media, yeah. uh, they have a Siberian husky and a golden retriever.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: The dogs were not neutered. They made it and had a puppy. Now. So when the puppy arrived, they kind of feign like, oh, We didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, come on. When you have dogs that are not spayed and neutered, it's likely no matter what the breeds are, there's going to be a pregnancy Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a puppy. Now they have this puppy. Actually, the puppy is gorgeous. And I looked up the cross between a Siberian husby and a golden retriever, and it's called a Goberanian. Hmm. Interesting name. Mm -hmm. But, you know, unplanned canine pregnancies are not smart moves, especially... With dogs that generally have large litters, both Siberian Huskies and golden retrievers have large litters of puppies. Mm -hmm. So I always say leave the breeding of dogs to the breeders, folks who can anticipate all the good, the bad and the expense. Okay, so the canine couple in this case only had one dog, the Siberian Husky and the golden retriever. But what if this couple ended up having 10 puppies Mm -hmm. Eating, bottle feeding, vaccinations. I mean, can you see kaching, ka ching, kaching? So I'm gonna start out by saying we encourage you all to spay and neuter your dogs.
3: Yeah, and then of course the uncertainty of that that unexpected pregnancy too. And you mentioned that these are two large breed dogs and they only had one puppy. They probably had more puppies initially, but they were they they were aborted internally. They were probably absorbed. But there, there's a problem with this. Fortunately, they were a bigger breed, so having one puppy uh, probably wasn't too much of a of a, of a problem. But let's take it. Let's take into consideration if it were smaller breeds, and they only had one puppy. The one puppy is larger than what each puppy would be if they had four or five puppies. If you have two breeds that are or mixed breeds that are smaller, and they have one puppy, generally speaking, that puppy is very large. That's why it's always better to have maybe three or four puppies because three or four puppies would be smaller and easy, easier to deliver during gestation. So having one puppy actually jeopardizes the life of the, the mother. So there's all kinds of problems that can exist if you have unplanned pregnancies and especially. Not knowing what you're dealing with, with these unplanned Hmm. pregnancies. I
2: never heard that. So that's really, really interesting. Spay and neuter your dog. Yes. Okay. Well, hey, it's, we got to move on with the show. And so, and we need to talk about this week's show. So. Basically, I'm so happy Dream Team member Tina Whismer, a veterinary toxicologist and the medical director of the ASPCA Poison Control Center, talks with us about Halloween dangers. And that segment's going to be later on in the show. So, the goal of that segment really is to be forearmed, is to be forewarned.
3: Find out what pet treat parents are clamoring for during the Halloween season. I'll give you a hint it's long lasting.
2: Ooh, that sounds good. And, you know, we love our candles. Yes, we do. But they bring atmosphere, a touch of romance, and they really do smell good. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're not always good for our pets. Mm -hmm. And as I have found out, a swat of a cat paw can cause a serious pet paw burn and inflects facts. Learn how to treat paws quickly and safely if you can't get to the vet. According to new research from the University of Georgia, hookworms, one of the most common parasites plaguing canines, have become multi drug resistant.
3: So, joining us today to talk about this new research is Dr. Ray Kaplan, a professor in the Department of Pathobiology, a senior research fellow at Windref, and is the associate dean of graduate studies. In the School of Veterinary Medicine at St. George's University. Dr. Kaplan, welcome to the pet buzz today.
5: Yeah, thank you very much, Dr. Flick. Uh, And Charlotte, nice to be here.
2: Nice to have you. We're so excited. So, I'm going to ask you my first question because I want to know what are hookworms and how do dogs become infected with them?
5: So, hookworms are are common roundworms of dogs, and they live in the intestine. Uh, and they actually they they suck on blood. They they attach to the, the wall of the intestine, and they will feed on blood. Um, and that's that's how they cause their damage. And and dogs become infected um, uh, by either ingesting or by having the the parasite larvae penetrate their skin. So either way, um, so hookworms are pretty creative. So they can come e- they can come either through the skin or be ingested.
2: So maybe paws too.
5: Absolutely, yes, that's a commonplace where they'll, where they'll come through the dog skin.
3: So what symptoms do dogs demonstrate that are affected with hookworms?
5: Well, interestingly enough, most dogs won't have any symptoms at all because uh, usually they only have a small number of worms, and the worms are, are they're, they're little worms, so if there's only a few worms in the dog, they don't really cause much damage. The problem is when you when dogs start getting more than a few worms, uh, and then they can start having symptoms. Uh, the most common one being diarrhea, uh, and often that diarrhea then will be a, will have a blood, uh, a little blood or mucus in in it. Um, so that's kind of the that's that's when you when you see that that's when you first usually know that maybe there's something going on here. Uh, dogs also can have a hard time keeping weight on or losing weight. Uh, when they're infected with hookworms. But th- those are going to be the main symptoms that, that owners will notice.
2: Okay. So generally, how, how do vets, veterinarians uh, get rid of them? How do they kill the hookworms?
5: Well, uh, old-fashioned hookworms were, were quite easy to kill. Um, pretty much all of the dewormer drugs uh, that veterinarians use uh, uh, routinely for treating worms in general uh, are, are highly effective against hookworms. And that includes all of the heartworm preventive products that people uh, give their dogs, all of those products pretty much also uh, kill hookworms. So so hookworms are actually quite easy to kill um, when they're not resistant to the drugs.
2: Oh, interesting.
3: So, but your research lately reveals it's not so easy to kill them. So talk to us about your research.
5: Yeah, so exactly, so, um, I was getting some phone calls a few years ago from veterinarians. that were having a hard time with some cases of hookworms. And it seems like no matter what they did, they couldn't clear the infections. Um, And hookworms have a kind of peculiar biology, which we probably don't have time to get into. But but dogs can become, uh, once dogs are infected, they can continue to leak out hookworms. Uh, And that's what most veterinarians thought that that was going on. But I came from a different perspective. And it, it sounded to me like these worms were drug resistant. Um, So I got samples uh, from several of these veterinarians, from several of their patients, uh, and I took those hookworm samples and I used them to infect a few laboratory dogs so I could actually then study the worms in much more detail. And then as we studied the worms, we concluded conclusively that these worms were indeed resistant to multiple dewormers.
2: So Dr. Cobb, we need to go to a hard break. Can you stick around for another segment?
5: Sure,
1: absolutely. Okay. Can't get enough of the buzz? We're online at the petbuzz.com with daily features including helpful tips from Charlotte, more flex facts, and a lot of ways for you to save on all of your favorite pet needs.
3: When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? Epi pet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com
1: EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I
2: want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on.
3: A big house. How do I look? Do, do I look good? I want to play hard.
2: My nails done. Once a
3: month. I want.
0: I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love.
5: Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some
4: homes.
0: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt.
2: How often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm Pet Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling and things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walks into the room and you can smell him, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo, formulated for dogs, and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. we're back with Dr. Ray Kaplan. His recent research reveals that hookworms are multiple drug resistant. Now, I know your research involves some greyhounds. Is that correct? And that you are also a greyhound or you were a greyhound owner, correct?
5: That is correct. Yes.
2: Why greyhounds and why greyhounds at the track?
5: Well, drug resistance in worms tends to be a kind of a numbers game where you have to have a lot of worms that are being treated with drug. Uh, because these mutations that cause resistance are, are very rare, so they're not going. So just by chance, they're not going to occur unless there's an awful lot of worms present. Um, and so greyhounds are raised on farms, so there's a lot of dogs. Um, they 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 have exercise runs that are made of sand, and sand is an ideal environment for the hookworms, the uh, hookworm larvae to to live, and then also then infect dogs, um, and so. It's been known historically that greyhounds had a a, a pretty big problem with hookworms. Uh, And so greyhound tracks treated these dogs every month, and they've been doing that. They did that for decades. Um, And almost certainly that's what caused the drug-resistant worms to kind of emerge. uh, And they appear to have now spread from the greyhounds into the pet dog population as well.
2: You know, one of the reasons I was interested in this, especially the greyhounds, is because we live in Florida and we have crappy soil. It's full of a lot of sand. So when you have a lot of sand, I thought it would be interesting for people, you know, people need to start paying attention to the environment where they live. So, I mean, yes, this, the big topic is, is hookworms, but it's really important to realize that some of these diseases, some of these parasites thrive in certain environments, correct?
5: Yeah, no, um, hookworms are, are most common in the Southern United States, for sure. That's where the most prevalent and Florida is going to be an ideal environment for hookworms to thrive.
3: And we diagnose it frequently down here too. We do. So why do we need to be alarmed about hookworm mutation?
5: The mutations are, are important because they're occurring um, in parts of the worm that make it susceptible or, or make it now resistant to the drug. So so the mechanism that the drug uses to kill the worms um, no longer works because the worms now have a mutation that changes how the drug is working. Um, and so, so, so the drugs then can't kill the worms anymore. Um, so that's, that's really where the mutations come into play uh, in this particular case. Uh, there's, no, there's, there's no like um, evil demon type thing. It's just, it's just biology and that the mutation happens to be occurring at the site where the drug is, is normally going to work to kill the worm.
2: But what I found really interesting about the research was that the next generation, the eggs, the next generation of hookworms, don't they also continue to resist the drugs as well?
5: Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. It's a, it's a, it would be, it's a genetic trait. So um, these worms reproduce sexually, just, just like uh, mammals, humans do. And so when the worm has, when the, when the, when the, when the um, parent worm has the mutation, they're going to pass it on to their offspring. So all of the eggs from resistant, when two resistant worms mate, all the eggs are also going to have that same mutation. One thing you need to be aware of is that if a dog picked up hookworms, the old-fashioned kind, and you were just on a monthly treatment for your heartworm, that would kill it and it would be done. Um, but now with these drug-resistant worms, the worms will survive that treatment. Which will allow then, if you're not picking up the feces of that dog um, you know, very vigilantly, then the environment can become infected with those drug-resistant hookworms, which then can reinfect your dog over and over again. And those infections then can build up to high levels that'll make the dog sick.
2: So in other words, it's a great idea to clean up your poop in the yard if you use your yard for your dog to go to the bathroom. That should be a must. You should do it every day. And also, I think you should limit probably some time in the dog park because not every dog owner right. is really good about cleaning up. And I mean, kind of crazy. It's kind of scary, right?
3: It is, too. And I think a little sidebar to this is that the laboratories are telling us that when we do our, our testing in in our hospitals for fecals, that we may be missing up to 8% of of the uh, eggs of worms um, where their testing, of course, is more intense. So I know that a lot of us is, yeah. as practicing veterinarians, if we have issues where there's recurrent diarrhea or so, we're actually sending off, it, and it's more expensive, of course, we're sending off these stools to the laboratory to confirm that we don't see these eggs. And occasionally we do find that that they are there. And it really does help us on, on the, um, the diagnosis and then the treatment. So a little of expense, but not, not terribly much more. But sometimes if they're recommending that we do that, to do it. The other thing that you mentioned that I thought was really relevant is that all of us veterinarians, when we talk about heartworm preventative, we say, well, now this heartworm preventative, not only will it take care of preventing the heartworm, but it will also help prevent hookworms, roundworms, and whipworms. And what we're saying is that, yes, it really is helpful, but we can't trust it totally anymore, correct?
5: Yes, that's absolutely correct. And there's even drug-resistant heartworms uh, uh, in some parts of the country. So far, it hasn't appeared to be much of a problem in Florida yet, but it always could spread there. It's mostly more focused in Mississippi, um, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, and that area of the country by the Mississippi. Um,
3: Wow. Oh, the challenges of practicing medicine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I have another question because we are almost out of time, but you know I think pet owners you know obviously need to be concerned about the spread of infection. but what about especially to them?
5: Yeah, so um, hookworms can infect people, but in a different way than dogs. So in dogs, the hookworms actually once they're ingested or they um, or if they might if they penetrate through the skin, they'll actually you know migrate eventually getting to the intestine. When, when hookworms infect people, they penetrate through the skin, but they get lost because they're not in the right animal. And so they don't have the right uh, biochemical cues. And so what they do then is just, they just migrate under the skin and they cause an eruption uh, that's very, very itchy, similar to poison ivy. It's not a serious condition. It's very un- unpleasant, but it's not serious. And in the past, it was easily treated. The, the issue now is that if people were to get infected now with the drug resistant hookworms that the medications that that physicians typically use, aren't going to be working very well. So it's, um, so there is a bit more risk there. The, I guess the good news is, is that it's probably the hookworms from cats are probably more commonly associated with it because cats are you know, burying their feces in the sand and things like that, but we really don't have data on on you know on on how many cases are due to dogs versus cats. So it certainly is a concern, although I, it's probably not going to be a huge problem. But when someone actually gets it, it uh, it, it will be uh, problematic. So
3: maybe um, for hygiene purposes and people that live down in the islands, like where you are, or in Florida where we are, probably walking out in the backyard with bare feet isn't in their best interest?
5: Absolutely. Uh, mostly, most, you know, most humans, when they get infected, it's usually on their feet.
2: I got to go home and clean my yard.
3: Absolutely.
5: We got to wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Dr. Kaplan, Dr. Kaplan, thank you so much for joining us and discussing. Really, this is a very important topic for pets all over the United States, but particularly in the South. Thanks for joining us.
5: Yeah, Dr. Fleck and Charlotte, it's been a pleasure being here with you, and thank you very much for having me.
3: That was Dr. Ray Kaplan, a professor in the Department of Pathobiology, a senior research fellow at Windruff, and is the associate dean of graduate studies in the School of Veterinary Medicine at St. George's University, discussing why it is so difficult to treat dogs with hookworms. ScienceDaily.com provides a summary of Dr. Kaplan's research.
2: Next up, celebrity pet buzz. And of course, what you've been waiting for, Flex Facts. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck.
1: We know people love their dogs and many like to take them everywhere, to lunch, to work, shopping, but dogs are only welcome in places where they behave. Our very own etiquette and pet trendologist, Charlotte Reed, discusses decorum for every occasion in her book, Miss Fido Manners: Complete Book of Dog Etiquette. She provides tips for behaving at home and on the street, eating in or going out. Plus, extending pet courtesy to others in places of business, being mindful of Others while traveling and treating veterinarians, pet sitters, and dog groomers with respect. With Miss Fido Manners, pet owners can learn how to behave appropriately in all kinds of situations. Miss Fido Manners from pet trendologist Charlotte Reed on Amazon. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people.
2: It's time to get on with Flex Facts.
4: Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction. Just the Facts, ma'am.
3: You want answers. I want the truth.
2: We talked about Halloween dangers with Dr. Mm-hmm. Tina mm-hmm. and including placing candles out of paws reach. But I'm curious, what happens if your dog or cat does swat at a candle and burns his paw? What do you do?
3: Just think about it. best is just take it take the pet to the vet immediately.
2: Okay, but what if you can't get there? Well, or if the nearest, you know, emergency vet is miles and miles away from you,
3: which is actually in most cases you can't get to the vet immediately. Sure. So, well, if you can't get your cat or dog to the veterinarian immediately, you need to treat your pet's burn paw pads with a few simple steps at home to prevent infection and further injury.
2: Okay, so what do you
3: do? Start with flushing your pet's paw pads with cold water, not okay. real cold water, but cold water. Okay. This helps clean them of any debris and helps soothe the burn. After, apply a cool compress if possible. And one other thing about that, that compress that you add, if you can you add some Telfa. You know what Telfa is? Telfa is like the middle of a Band-Aid, uh-huh. so it doesn't stick to the paw. Okay. So if you have any Telfa at home... Apply that first before you apply anything else. Check the cat's paws for any debris. Eliminate any debris so that it does not further aggravate your dog's or cat's injury. Then carefully disinfect the paw with water and your pet shampoo.
2: Okay, what if I have antibacterial soap like dishwashing? No, soap or something use your like shampoo that. soap. Okay, use my shampoo soap. Okay.
3: Once their paws are dry, add an antibiotic ornament. Most everybody has triple antibiotic at home okay, or maybe some balm to the burnt or injured paw. Dog safe antibiotic ointments or paw balms can soothe your dog's paws before they're even seen by the vet.
2: Okay. So got that. Cold water, compress, check for debris, clean them off, cleanse them with some shampoo. Gently cleanse. Gently cleanse. Don't be scrubbing. And then put the antibiotic ointment. Okay. Do I need to wrap the paws?
3: Yeah. Wrap them in gauze using maybe that figure eight pattern. Okay. This is done by looping around the paw and ankle to keep the bandages on the paw's foot. Very difficult to do. Always leave two toes exposed so you can look for swelling. And again, if you have Telfa, use the Telfa in the direct contact with the paw.
2: Okay. And then do I just make sure the dog's in a cage? I mean, do I take them out? Like, how does that work?
3: I suggest uh, get, get them off their feet immediately, get them off their feet so they don't further injure their paws. Walking on injured feet will really irritate the burns. It, It really will delay healing. If possible, pick them up. Otherwise get your dog to a grassy area to go to the potty. These actions are really just a temporary measure. Remember, temporary measure until you get your pet to the vet. Don't avoid not taking your pet to the vet.
2: Yeah, because burns, I know, can really do get infected. And the more they're walking on them, I'm sure, that can just Yeah, and you have to think
3: it's really going to hurt. So the veterinarian can help provide medication to reduce that pain.
2: Okay. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's
3: all the Flex fact for the week.
2: Okay. Well, Dr. Fleck, thank you glad that I know what to do, but really after Hayden got singed and he didn't burn his paw, but after he got singed,
3: where did he burn?
2: He burnt on his fur on his side and his butt.
3: He burned his tail too. He
2: burned his tail too. Yeah. Well, he burnt the hair on his tail. Yeah. Right. Just the hair. I mean, he didn't get his skin or it, but it was just hair. But after that incident, and you know, I do like candles. I don't light any candles.
3: Well, you can't leave the candles on the table where the the cats wants to jump right and walk around very regally, like either a king or owns a queen the place. Oh, very he proud of the place. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that particular day when I lit those candles, I left the candles burning because you were in the other part of the building. And I forgot to blow him out. And that's why Hayden got singed because he was walking on the, he was walking on the table.
3: So it can happen to anybody. It can can't happen it? to
2: anybody. Okay. So everyone, I want you to stick around more of the pet buzz very soon, but you can't wait for my, I likey of the week.
1: Can't get enough of the buzz. We're online at the petbuzz.com with daily features, including helpful tips from Charlotte, more flex facts, and a lot of ways for you to save on all of your favorite pet needs.
3: Hey, it's Dr. Michael Fleck back with you here on the Pet Buzz. We're kicking off football. We're kicking off the fall season. Just because the temps are falling, don't drop the ball on your pet's flea and tick protection. Fleas and ticks have a rugged defense against the elements. So stay online, man. Fall is not the time to fumble your responsibilities. Score a touchdown with your pet and make an extra point. To keep your pets healthy and safe, then please and tick is football. I mean fall season.
1: Welcome back to the Pet Buzz, the Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people.
3: That's
1: the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius.
3: I like it. I like it. It's to die for. I
5: like it.
2: So I don't know if you know this, Dr. Fleck, but pet parents have similar health and safety concerns like the parents of kids. So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, Specifically, this is what I'm talking about for Halloween. So I have found that, you know, in the past, dogs never went trick or treating with the family, but now they're going trick or treating with the family. And now people do like to give dogs treats. But all these pet parents want. They want healthy treats. But here's the thing. They want individually wrapped treats for their dog, just like they do for their kids. You can't just pass out, you know, a tootsie roll unwrapped. It's the same thing for pet parents. You can't just give a dog a treat out of a box. They want it individually wrapped. So for fur kids, this Halloween, I'm doling out loving pet products, yummy paws. Not only are they made, manufactured and the ingredients sourced in the U.S., they're individually wrapped and it's a nice thing to pass out. They're really long lasting treats. One of the things that I like about them, it's like a dual purpose treat. So I can pass them out to the dogs that come to the door. But if you have a nervous dog at home and you're going to leave him in a crate because you might be afraid he might run out of the door when the doorbell keeps ringing, you could put him in a crate or put him in a room like he can have a little retreat. You can give him one of these really long lasting and he can chew his anxiety away and also enjoy the treat. I think that's a great idea. Yeah,
3: I think it is too.
2: And then you don't have to buy different treats for different things. Anyway, more information about Yummy Paws can be found at shoplp.com.
5: They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something, but the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince.
0: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt.
1: Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Brace
4: yourselves for big
3: news. We're going to the place where all the
4: action
1: is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most
4: sensational news. Fantastic, I'm so excited.
1: You you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed.
2: I love talking celebrity pet news i just it makes me in the now you know what's going on with all the singers and the actors and of course the royals too
1: oh
3: yeah we're in the now
2: yeah we're in the now Mm -hmm. so it's been a big couple of tough months for britney spears you know her father jamie spears was suspended as her conservator uh jamie's official removal will be decided at a later date but here is a joyous note for britney Britney Spiels and her boyfriend, Sam Goshgarian, recently celebrated their engagement in September. They've been dating for about five years. So last week, he bought her a puppy. He took to Instagram to share that the couple has a new adorable addition to their family. He surprised his pop star fiancé with a Doberman puppy. Additionally, he shared videos and pictures of the dog and in one video you hear a female voice, presumably Spears, in heard asking, who's the new addition to a family? Her Beyonce answers, her name is Portia and she's meant to unconditionally love you and it's going to be trained to protect you from, now I am changing the dialogue because I couldn't use the bad words, from any let's just say bad people who come around you with bad intentions. Well, we wish Brittany the best with her new dog and that the turmoil in her life comes to an end before the end of the year.
3: Absolutely.
1: Are you part of the pack at Pet Buzz Plus?
0: Hi, Charlotte. This is Terry. I'm from Arizona and I listened to your show. And when you were talking about how your dog follows you around, follows you into the bathroom and all of that, I just had to reach out I have a German Shepherd, his name is Thor, and he follows me everywhere. I am his mom, he always has me in sight, and he follows me everywhere, he sleeps in the bed with me, but this dog, I love him and he loves me and he is just amazing, following me everywhere, in the bathroom, into the garage, into the backyard, he's my shadow. I should have named him Shadow. My husband is jealous. Anyway, just had to reach out and share that with you. Love your show. Thank
1: you. We love getting social with you on Pet Buzz Plus.
2: Halloween can be the spookiest night of the year, but keeping your pet safe doesn't have to be tricky.
3: And joining us today is the Pet Buzz Dream Team member, Dr. Tina Wismer. Dr. Wismer is a veterinary toxicologist and the medical director of the ASPCA's Animal Poison Control Center. Well, welcome back, Dr. Tina. Thanks for inviting me. So, what is the largest number of calls that the ASPCA's poison control hotline receives in the month of October?
0: It's all about
3: the chocolate. (laughs) <laughs> the chocolate, the candy.
2: Ooh, I got some right here. I got, look at that over there, Dive. Milky, Milky Ways. I got. Oh, uh, I wish you
3: hadn't have showed me.
2: Oh, you didn't see it. I'm enjoying okay. all from my TV subs, okay. so You can't have any.
3: Okay.
0: Candy. Okay. What kind of candy? Yeah. So typically it's chocolate and, you know, milk chocolate or dark chocolate. um If we're talking about what things are. People are giving out on Halloween, but if you're having a party, sometimes it's fun things like brownies and cake.
3: I like that too.
0: You like that German chocolate cake? Yeah. Now, what about other candy?
2: Sure. What about raisins? I mean, people pass out raisins at Halloween, right? Right. The healthy people give you raisins. Yeah, those Um, are those. Those are those turquoise parents. You know, the turquoise pumpkin means Mm. that you you serve up. Healthy
3: treats. I would never go to that house. I'd never go to that house either. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So with raisins, of course, we worry about dogs and raisins can cause kidney failure. Okay. We now believe that we know the toxic component in raisins. And we think it's something called tartaric acid, which is something that we find in high concentrations in grapes and raisins, but really not in any other fruit except for tamarinds. And dogs are uniquely sensitive
2: to it. So cats, well, I guess they shouldn't eat raisins anyway, but you know.
3: Well, again, we just said, don't go to those houses with that. Then you won't have to worry about it.
2: Now, you know, the other thing too, is all these health conscious moms, you know, the ones, what (laughs) about the
0: sugar-free candy? Sure. So the sugar-free substitute that we need to worry about is xylitol and that's XY. So it sounds like a Z, but it begins with an X. And for dogs, that can actually increase insulin secretion. So we can see low blood sugar, so hypoglycemia, and we can see liver failure with it.
3: I know. It's, you got to keep that
0: candy
2: high up. Can't be dropping it on the floor. And those wrappers too. Not a good thing, especially for cats. Like Milky Ways, it's shiny wrappers.
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so according to the National Retail Federation, they do all of the big, you know, retail information for the America for America. Annual, their annual Halloween survey said 52% of consumers surveyed will decorate their house or their yard. So what do pet parents have to be aware of when it comes to decorations?
0: Sure. So certainly we need to watch out for things like candles, right? Open flame, definitely dangerous for our pets. Mm-hmm. And electric cords, right? You know, there may not be, you know, normally an electric cord in that area. And sometimes dogs and cats like to chew on those and then they can, you know, cause some severe problems if they get electrocuted.
3: I didn't even think of that. I thought about the candles, but I didn't think about the cords. I
2: thought about that because I bought a fog machine yesterday. Oh, (laughs) I thought about that. And it said indoor. They want you to put it indoor, but I'm going to put it on my porch and put like a milk crate over it. Oh, and then there's the bubble, you know, the juice that goes in the fogger. Oh, so uh, the reason I'm telling you this is because I have a pet cemetery in my front yard. And it's like it's this perfectly manicured master gardener yard. It's all beautiful. And now I'm going to have a pet cemetery in front oh. with fog and a timer. OK, so the fog comes up at eight between eight and nine.
3: OK, OK, well, let's talk about costume safety. OK, okay. Costume safety. so costume safety is key for kids, but. What about our dogs? What factors make a pet costume a Halloween hazard?
0: Yeah, we certainly want our pets to be able to see, right? You know, vision is a good thing. And also, some animals don't like to be dressed up. They may chew on their costume and potentially, you know, um, ingest pieces of it, which can be a foreign body. Or, um, you know, they can kind of freak out if you dress them. Hmm.
2: Okay. Well, I'll ask a question. You know, if pets are home during Halloween night, what precautions should be
0: made for their safety? Well, we think about on Halloween, right? People are going to be coming and going. You're going to be opening your front door. So, we don't want any pets dodging out, running into the street. So, kind of keep them confined if possible. And always make sure they've got some kind of identification, right? A collar, tags, you know, and certainly microchipped if they do lose their collar.
3: Hey, We're getting a little pushback. Dr. Tina, it's time for us to take a break. Can you come back for maybe another segment and continue to answer some more marvelous questions?
0: Yes, I would be happy to do that. I think they're
2: more like haunting questions. Haunting. Because it's Halloween.
3: Halloween.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with
2: pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck.
1: We know people love their dogs, and many like to take them everywhere, to lunch, to work, shopping, but dogs are only welcome in places where they behave. Our very own etiquette and pet trendologist, Charlotte Reed, discusses decorum for every occasion in her book, Miss Fido Manners: Complete Book of Dog Etiquette. She provides tips for behaving at home and on the street, eating in or going out. Plus, extending pet courtesy to others in places of business, being mindful of Others while traveling and treating veterinarians, pet sitters, and dog groomers with respect. With Miss Fido Manners, pet owners can learn how to behave appropriately in all kinds of situations. Miss FIDO Manners from Pet Trendologist Charlotte Reed on Amazon.
0: Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because FIDO or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the Rescue.
4: Developed by
0: a veterinarian. EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com.
1: EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz.
3: Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got at me. I like the outdoors. Camping. Boating, riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I poop outside. Doesn't everyone?
0: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt.
2: I'm petroendologist Charlotte Reed and research shows walking at least a half an hour every day can reduce a person's risk for heart disease and other serious illnesses. So regular walking is a great way to live a long and happy life. For most dogs an hour of physical activity each day is necessary and will help them lead healthier lives free of disease. Walking a dog does not only have a physical benefit there are plenty of psychological benefits for both the dog and the owner. There are so many smells, sights and sounds in the outdoors that a dog is mentally stimulated every time he or she walks out the front door. Taking a dog on a walk will also help to solidify the strong bond between you and your animal. Give your dog some positive attention by doing what he or she loves. Take your dog out for a neighborhood walk today.
3: Back with Dr. Tina Wismer, the medical director of the ASPCA's Animal Poison Control Center. She's reviewing Halloween Dangers. You know, many singles and couples, of course, like to have parties. Party down. Who
2: gives the best Halloween party?
3: Oh, Charlotte does. That's
2: right, I do.
3: Okay. So (laughs) these party monsters. (laughs) <laughs> what should these party monsters do to protect their pets?
0: Well, at least at the Halloween parties that I'm assuming that Charlotte is throwing, there's probably alcohol, and we need to keep that away from our pets. Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit of alcohol, right? Especially if they are drinks that are um, you know dairy based. Um, dogs love a White Russian, um, and they can get into problems um, by drinking the alcohol and get you know. Um, wobbly, they can vomit just like
3: you or I can if we indulge too much. I'm all all in favor of keeping it away from the pets and making sure that the humans get plenty of it. You know,
2: look, here's the reality. So the best way to throw a party, right? Yes. Is because you have friends like Sasha who just open the door and walk out of the house and don't shut it. You just don't have them there. You just board them for the night. Okay. Every party I've had last year and I had small ones because of pandemic and everyone was tested and whatnot, whatnot. There were no pets there.
3: And at the They're clinic, at, at the, the clinic. clinic, that's one of the biggest boarding nights of the year.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's Makes the sense. smartest thing to do. Yeah. And you don't have to worry. Then you can pass out candy. And also now the kids come early. Their parents don't want them out at night. You know, eventually you just turn the lights off when, you know, I had a few hot trick or treaters. They came and I got tired of them and I just turned <laughs> off the lights. <laughs>
3: It's kind of save the candy.
2: This year, I'm going to put a sign. Feel free to take a picture in my yard. So their (laughs) backdrop will be the pet cemetery. And there's and then I get tired. There'll be a crate. It says spooky, whatever. And I stick the candy in there and hopefully they take it in an hour and be gone.
3: I mean, it's kind of cool. Halloween, we get to save the candy. If we turn the lights off early Easter, we get the hard boiled eggs. If we just what are don't, you talking about well, if we don't give them you to the eat kids, the jelly beans. What oh, yeah, that's like, true. You yeah. don't even eat the
2: eggs. What are you oh, talking I about? I eat
3: those hard boiled eggs, they're the good. Put the
2: dye on them, put I, a little
3: salt and pepper on them. Sure. I,
2: I've never seen that. Oh,
3: okay.
2: You're might thinking about jelly beans. How old are you? I don't
3: put salt and pepper on jelly beans. No, but
2: you eat jelly beans. Yeah. He eats, he scarfs them down. I have them in the refrigerator all day long. So I think that's the way to go. Okay. So lastly, I've got one more question. If we do have a pet problem during the spookiest time of the year, and as you said, it's the month of October. So please tell us the ASPCA poison control center number, the cost and other tips that would make it easier to calm down because you know what they say to be What is it? Forewarned is to be forearmed. Did I say that right? I think. Okay. So our number
0: here is 888-426-4435. We do have a uh, $75 fee and that covers all calls for that case. So if it's something serious and you end up having to go to your veterinarian, your veterinarian can call, give the case number We'll walk them through how to treat it for no additional charge.
2: That price went up. It used to be $65. Yeah, but listen to yeah, what she did. just
3: said, what happens. If it is a problem and it's a problem that needs medical attention, not only will the cost be covered for the entire case, but the veterinarian will be given specific information as to how to treat it because sure. there's a lot of different poisons. And let's decide what to, how to treat each one. Yeah. That's wonderful.
2: No, I, I look. I just wanted to make the point that it went up. I mean, I'm sure these Teladoc people are cause, you know, costing a fortune these days. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. Cause you know, people are going to say, Hey, it went up, right? People say that it went up. I okay. do. Yes. Okay.
3: Or they say, you mean, I've got to pay for this.
0: Sometimes they say that too. Um, and we're always willing to, uh, you know, give you a little more information as in, this is definitely a problem please contact your emergency veterinarian or your local veterinarian, or I don't think this is going to be a big issue. If you see more than vomiting, give us a call back.
2: Yeah. And also it's a good idea if they have the, whatever the, whatever the pet ate or ingested to let them know. Yeah. Cause you know, people freak out.
3: Yeah. Of course. Dr. Tina Wismer. Thank you again for joining us, especially at this time of the year. <laughs>
0: You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck.
1: Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember Pet Buzz Plus.
5: Jeepers. And that's like- Your attention,
1: please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good.
5: This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Ah! Ah!
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Tell me something good.
2: I got something for you. Okay. Okay. So a couple is traveling through the Spanish mountainside when they noticed a small little white dog chasing behind their car. And the dog refused to stop. It just kept going after the car. But after a while, they realized something must be wrong with this dog, right? So at first, they thought it was kind of a game for the dog. But finally, they stopped. That's what Martina Russo, who was in the car, told Southwest News Service. The couple asked themselves, what is this dog doing in the middle of nowhere? Well, like I said, Russo was traveling with her partner, Phil, and says they stopped and gave the schnorky, which is a cross between a schnauzer and a Yorkie, some water. She's pretty thirsty. Then they invited the dog into the car and she hopped right in. OK, um, they were a little surprised. And, you know, she was friendly enough. So they went to a nearby village and they asked anybody if, if this is their dog. Well, nobody claimed the pet. So now they they're in Spain and they've got this small animal. So they drive around for a few days and then they said, hey, you know what? Maybe let's go back to that spot. We found her and see if she finds her way home. So they take her back to the spot and she stands there. And then they drive really slowly away. And guess what? She chases the car again. Right.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And then they're like, oh, my. And they look at each other and they say, well, you know what happened next? So later in the day, after they took the dog back in the van, they decided to keep her. And I mean, what else were they going to do with her? Right. Mm-hmm. OK. And she was a pretty, pretty little thing. I'm going to put her picture up on our social media channels. Well, they also once they decided to keep her, they decided to take the dog to a vet, see if she was microchipped. She wasn't. They went through local Facebook pages And WhatsApp addressing locals and uh, dog professionals, whatever measures they could, because they didn't want anyone to be, you know, sad over losing their dog. Well, after nobody reached out after a while, they decided to keep the dog. So here's the best part. The dog is smart, sweet and very funny. She loves cats. She loves people. She just loves everything. She's so happy. But most importantly, they love. Taking adventures with her Hmm. because that's where they found her on one of their adventures.
3: So where's Hollywood?
2: I know it could be like a movie. It starts out with the dog bought from a pet store, you know, lives with somebody who doesn't take care of her, leaves her all the time and then decides to drop her off on the side of the road. Yeah. You know, and then it parallels the lives of these two. You know, that's actually if there's any
3: if there's any Hollywood directors out there, they'll probably (laughs) pick up on this
2: or any documentarians. Yeah, that's the new thing. Okay. now that's something good, don't you think?
3: I think it's something really nice.
2: Yeah, I mean, the fact that they they found her and she likes traveling makes the story even better. So I'm sure that family, that new family will have plenty of adventures together. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. What? Yes, I know. It's time. I thought to we just got started. The show, we did, but it's time. Okay. So, next week, we're talking about the Canine Genius Challenge. You're going to love that. Mm-hmm. About how dog DNA revealed ancient trade network connecting the Arctic to the outside world and how to throw an ultimate pet monster mash. And that's really important because, you know, a lot of people who got puppies couldn't socialize them during the pandemic and they're looking for new ways. And the nice part is your dog's on a leash at a little pet party, and you could still stay six feet away from everybody and have a good time with your dog. But before we go, can you thank our guests?
3: I sure can, and really special thanks to our guests, Dr. Ray Kaplan and Dr. Tina Wismer.
2: Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Brighton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner and supplements for your dogs and cats.
3: Most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets.
2: Peace out and pet love.
3: Goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus. The best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere.
4: My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night and he led me over to a very specific person. And here that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer and Aladdin and I are individuals.